Hello friends, I'm Susanna April and consider this podcast your invitation to hear God's voice and be encouraged to push past fear on your creative journey. Join me on Insta at Creative Journey Collective to continue the conversation. And now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, today I have the incredible Amanda Vivius here with me. I hope I said your last name right. Oh, good. And honestly, I just, she is incredible. She is a creative director of Compassion and um, an author. And honestly, I was reading your website the other day and I was actually blown away by how many things you have done creatively. And I was like, wow, this lady is incredible. So it's just such an honor. You've really encouraged me in my journey. Um, You sent me a book, (laughs) The Creative uh, Itself, Your Dear Creative Self book, and it's really blessed me. So thank you so much for jumping on here and talking to us about creativity and the Lord and yeah so good to have you thank you so much for your time I love watching what you're bringing to the internet space and to the world and the way that you encourage people and I'm so excited to learn from you today as well and hopefully anyone who's listening that there's a real sense of connection even though it's just storytelling and it's mostly oral that you're going to hear from us today Um, but that you would know that we're with you and we're thinking of you and that God is present and he is omnipresent and and he really wants to do something exciting today. Amen. (laughs) I couldn't say it better. (laughs) Literally, I couldn't say it better. Um, Yeah. Oh, Amanda, I have so many questions for you. Like my, my mind is brimming with things. I would just, I feel like we could talk for hours, but For those of you that don't know who you are, Amanda, I would just love you to share a little bit about you, where you're from, what your world looks like. Absolutely. Well, my name is Amanda and I am a mum. I am a wife. I am an author. I've published 14 books. And um, through that time, most of those books have actually been about the creative process and understanding our stories and the way that we... um, learn insight from our own story. Um, I work for Compassion Australia. I'm on their executive team and I oversee their creative studio. Um, And what else? That's it, I think. (laughs) Business owner. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're incredible. High capacity lady. Got my skipper's ticket. Oh my gosh. Got out driving boats. <laughs> Hilarious. But all of that, you know, I'm oh. I'm I'm a mum and I really yep. love creating and encouraging people in their story. If that's what I'm known for, then goodness. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So so good. Firstly, I would just love to hear what you love most about Jesus. I feel like I just love to start here because it's just, it's the foundation, hey? So the thing that I love the most about Jesus is his presence. Um, Just like how I was speaking about um, anyone who's listening right now is I've just found across my years in many different ways that Jesus has been present as a friend. And I think sometimes we can read stories from the Bible or we can hear from the culture in church or we can um, see faith outworked in different people's stories and lives and um, can really be overwhelmed by the majesty and 
the strength and the sovereignty of who Jesus is and all of those things are absolutely true to his personhood. But the thing that I've known is his presence Mm -hmm. and his faithfulness as a friend. And um, Mm -hmm. I just love that across the New Testament, there was no place that Jesus was invited to in the storytelling that he didn't say yes to. And he just went as a friend and sometimes a stranger into places and then became a good friend. And, And I think... My closest friends and those who I value the most are those who are really present when they're with me. And, yeah, so stories like when Jesus just sat Mm. on the beach and he cooked fish, Mm. I'm like, I want to be more like that. I want to be more like that um, personality (laughs) and that presence of who Jesus is. And, um, yeah, so so that that truly is what I've known across my life is I've just known Jesus as a friend and it's like a real simple childhood song where he's just present and he's able and he's listening and he's cheering me on and he's kind of going oh maybe maybe like that's not a great way to go what about you come back here a bit and sit and let's talk about it and yeah that's how I've found yeah oh you talk from a really deep place of history with him, and I just love that. I can really feel it as you're speaking. Uh, what was there a time in your life, in your history, where you where you knew and you had an encounter with Jesus, with his presence, and you just knew, like, oh, you're my friend. Um, yeah, I went to. Where a he's Catholic... felt especially close. Yeah, totally. I went to a Catholic primary school. And um, I have grown up in a family that's deeply traditional in their Catholic faith. And I've seen the beauty of theology outworked in the presence of that community. And um, I was six years old and I could take you to the spot in the church right now um, where I was kneeling down and I saw like a prophetic picture of my future as like a young girl and um, my interpretation wow. of that in the um, in the church that I was at and the school that I was at and my understanding of faith was that I would become like a nun. And so I remember seeing myself as as someone who talked about <laughs> and who encouraged people in their friendship with Jesus. And I saw this stadium and. Um, And then I just saw these parts of the stadium and um, just people worshipping Jesus. But in my little seaside town of Western Australia, I had no idea of what that looked like, you know. And and I'm turning 46 this year, so that's 40 years ago that I had that encounter. And um, I could take you to the pew. I know where the pew is. I know the Mm. position in the church. Um, And I just went off into into my teenagehood and into my young adulthood and had many different encounters with Jesus, especially um, the time that I was filled with the Holy Spirit, which was such a beautiful encounter. Um, But the funny thing is, is is my children now go to that school. And each day when I drop them to school, I go past that big old 70s brick church And um, I'm reminded sometimes, not often, but sometimes of that encounter that I had with Jesus at such a young age. 
and the prophetic picture and the way that he spoke to me about the future. And yeah, I just had no concept that church could be expressed through worship in stadiums or people um, singing or speaking or worshiping or gathering or encountering Jesus in that way. And yeah, it's really interesting then to see across my lifetime what God's done and the unfolding of that vision in many different ways. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And how, so from that young age, how did the Lord take you to where you are now? Just, I know it's so hard to wrap it up, but I'd love to hear just a really try short. short. Um, a I snapshot. Was, I know. I was invited to a worship event um, where Darlene Check was singing. And so I'd heard some of her songs and I came along and just was completely overwhelmed by just the sense of the presence of God. And from then I went to a Hillsong conference and that's back like 20 something years ago. And somehow I was asked in that, um, in that time, um, if I would be in the choir and it was when it was at the opera house. And so I went up into the choir, this Catholic teenager who really had no idea what was happening and found myself singing um, in that um, event. And I don't talk about this these stories very often, but um, in the midst of it, um, Darlene actually invited me down from the choir and um, she just really felt like she was meant to pray for me. And so she prayed for me and I had a deeply moving encounter with Jesus. And she prayed that I would carry um, just that same anointing that was on her life, that I would carry that anointing. Mm. And then I kind of came home and had no real understanding of of how that could be outworked in my life. And and then went to a youth camp and um, just really encountered the presence of God in a way that was deeply moving and um, Mm. was filled with the Holy Spirit and then yeah went on my journey to where I am today of being involved in many different congregations and creative pursuits and um, yeah God has really done amazing things in my everyday. Yeah wow oh I just love that it was like those specific encounters that were your foundation um And how do you think has that shaped your creative voice even, you know, those early encounters with the Lord? What has that brought out of you? Uh, Because the gold that you share and the books that you've written is just, oh, beautiful. Um, It all comes from that. Anyway. I think the biggest thing is the combination of visual worship and encounter with the Holy Spirit and storytelling and the way that Mm. those three things combine. And in my story, you might have gone, oh, some people might not know who Darlene Check is. Some people might think of just those different environments and and in some ways um, today culturally we really struggle to um, really come back to the organic nature of who Jesus is. And it's not about the stadiums. It's not about the personalities or the profiles as much as those things Mm. have forged such deep pathways in Mm. my life of worship it's actually been the combination of the prophetic word of God where God speaks to us about what he's about to do in our Mm. future secondly it's about the visual representation of creativity is just as formational in worship as music is 
And thirdly, it's really the community mm. of faith that's broad and ecumenical and powerful and that it's in some ways we can get so locked in our denominations rather than in the beauty of what God wants to bring in our everyday that we can get lost in that. And so they would be the three parts of of how and why those encounters have been deeply personal. It's not mm. about the person or the place although they do set framework. It's about the work of the Holy Spirit generationally bringing um, goodness and peace and providence and potential Mm. into our everyday and how he then brings that to life in our story. Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. Wow. Oh, I want to marinate in that a little bit. (laughs) It's so beautiful. What? I just, uh, words just get me. <laughs> You're cutting straight to my heart here. <laughs> what about the the history with the Lord even like, well, I guess what I'm saying is what encouragement could you bring to someone that is hunting for their creative voice and they don't know where to start um, or they're trying to find it in other ways, but maybe there needs to be a regrounding. Yeah. Um I would say one thing that's really important is finding regular rhythms of listening and expressing. It's as simple as that, and I'm sure we could unpack that a little bit more later. Um, Secondly, to really ask questions of yourself, maybe where you're stuck and what voices Mm. you're listening to. And um, so often our own voice is so much more destructive than any voice of culture or the church or even God Mm. and to really unpack who you're listening to. And that's why a lot of my Mm. books can be misinterpreted as being focused on self. And um, although some of the titles really do focus on self, my goal and my desire is actually to help ourselves get out of the way. (laughs) Um, So it's almost like the opposite because if we really just paused and even in this moment, as you start to hear some of my story and we listen to how we respond to the story that I'm telling, it's such a huge indicator of where we can get stuck in that, oh, well, I've never done that or how could I ever be that kind of person or there's a narrative that we each tell towards our own creative voice and our own story that unless we reframe that with the way that God speaks to us and the way that God sees us and the way that scripture reinforces that towards us we become our own roadblock and we get stuck in cul-de-sacs where we just loop and loop and loop and we don't move forward into the things that God Mm. has for us And I truly believe that everyone has a story that somebody else needs. And when we start to activate our creative voice for another's story, there's, there's a sense of purpose and fulfillment that comes in that. But it really connects back to how we started today's conversation around just the power of Jesus being a friend and Jesus really then reaching out in hospitality to someone else. And when our creative voice becomes a vehicle that um, joins in friendship with others rather than it just to be at being about ourselves and our own sense of righteousness or our own um, self-fulfillment of um, creativity. I think that's where we get stuck. 
Um, so I kind of went on some big tangents there. Um, but my reflection is oh, so much gold <laughs> would be rhythm. It would be confidence in who God has created and called us to be. And it would be reframing the way that we speak to ourselves about creativity and the power that comes from allowing God to um, layer the way that we speak to ourselves rather than our past or our history or negative experiences of identity. <coughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, that's very, um, yeah, that's incredible. That's been so key to my journey too. Um, I'm still very much on the journey too. I think, yeah what would you even say to somebody that is like, where do I start? You know, how do I practically begin to rewrite the way that I have spoken to myself? And I know for me, it has been really honing in on what you said about uh, connecting with what, how does God see me and making that like the foundation for where I do everything. But even that still sometimes gets shaky when the voices get louder. Yeah. Uh, so what are, what are some rhythms that you could even... Uh, encourage encourage me with even because sometimes I feel I feel I spiral quite often even 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 in the secureness of where I find myself with the Lord there's still moments of spiral um totally yeah anyway I'm rambling now but um yeah it's beautiful thoughts (laughs) well what I would say first and foremost is input versus output Mm. and I think if we even just took a reflection on where we're getting our answers from and where our source of creativity is coming from. It would be as simple as input versus output. And I think so often in the creative process, we focus on the output rather than the input. And the input for me comes from nature. It comes from scripture. It comes from mentoring and great questions. It comes from divergence, like actually sitting in the tension of difference differences of opinions and really expressing oh what do I believe about that and what would God say like um, not just listening to all the same voices Um, I think it comes back to Mm. um, silence and Sabbath and really training ourselves to um, like when Philippians talks about um, just what we focus our mind on and what is beautiful, what is holy, what is righteous, what is life-giving, what is helpful. Um, And um, I think if we, Mm. as a society, particularly really look at the amount of input of data that we have, particularly from our online world and the digital Mm. detox that we need to be able to really make sure that we've got fresh living waters that are flowing into our life and um it's many different ways that we can do that like music and meditation and good sleep and rest Mm. so um the simplicity of that for me is actually asking myself questions regularly that press reset Mm. on my input so it's asking myself okay who am I listening to how much time am I spending online? Actually, who am I following? I go through and do a digital detox often where I just mute some different feeds just to really make sure that what I'm listening to is divergent, is interesting, is funny. Like, there's nothing wrong with fun. Like, But it's actually making sure mm. I manage the input 
because so much of what we focus on in the creative arts is the output. Yeah, yeah, and <coughs> yeah, it's so in- intense how much input we have in this generation, and even in the last ten years, I since I was even in school like fifteen years ago, it's insane, and so. I feel nervous for my children sometimes, but it's like those rhythms. And I think that the questions, um, it's an incredible place to start. Yeah. Like as a family over the weekend, um, we just started Friday as our weekend of rest where we just got a big piece of paper out as a family Mm. and everyone wrote three things on the piece of paper that they wanted for the weekend. And um, it's really funny when you just look at five different people, how their needs are are actually so different from one another. Um, But one of my needs was rest and fun. And then I was speaking at church on Sunday night. So I wanted to really bring my best to that environment. And my daughter's um, three things were I want to go to the big trampoline place and I want to go to the adventure park and and, um, I want to have some rest (laughs) and fun. And then my son's was different and my husband's was different. But the funny thing about that is actually just acknowledging need, having a five-minute processing tool. I think sometimes we think those questions or those um, audits of the input into our life – that they, they're going to take an hour and it's going to be super intense. And I actually think there's really small things that we can do that are very intentional, that set precedents for Sabbath, that really question the input into our life and what we're allowing to demand attention in our life to then create priority around that and allow mm-hmm. our lives to be simpler and freer and more focused on the things that we intend to do. That's so beautiful. I'm going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to do that. My one-year-old's going to say blocks. (laughs) Yeah. But the funniest thing is is that there was one thing on my daughter's list where – where my husband was like, we're not going to spend the whole weekend driving you all around, babe. I'm sorry, but we can do this. And then the funniest thing is I just get a random message from my friend late Saturday night. And she was like, hey, my kids are going to a birthday party in the morning and my daughter's not going to be at the birthday party. Can we take your daughter to flip out, which is one of the things on her list. And I was just like, see, babe, sometimes it's so actually good. just acknowledging what it is that we want, leaving it in the hands of God. And he brings these things to pass. And so my friend took my daughter, which is quite rare, to flip out. It's like very uncommon. It's not a regular thing. I didn't even know there was a thing called flip out because it had changed names. So for me, those little (laughs) things show me that God's at work, you know. And then my son went to play basketball. And then I got to sit and just listen to worship music and reflect ready for that night service. But we all had those moments where we were able to just really connect in with what we needed and the input that was required for the weekend that we needed. And yeah, um, oh, yeah so not good. to go on a, a rabbit trail, but I have those kind of um, routines and rhythms across my year. So every mid-year I've produced mm. like a series of questions called Reset and they just ask you a heap of questions around that. And then every new year, for the last seven years, I've published a book that creates 
a retreat practice for starting your year and asking questions and going back and reflecting on what God has said and setting intention towards your year. And so, um, yeah, it's a really big part of my process. I think we get super weirded out by journaling because we think you have to sit and do it for two hours or three hours and we kind of get into this deep, dark place. Yeah. But actually <laughs> do more in five minutes with one really good question than what regularly oh. than what you can like with five hours of deep, dark journaling and, you know, introspection. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And I have done your yearly journal and I loved it. I loved it. The questions were so helpful. And, um, and I think we, we do. Yeah. It is something that I talk about a lot journaling, but I love to talk about creative journaling because it's also just so nice to just, you know, throw out the rules. We don't have to write in straight lines, you know, like, and, um, I think that when we can bring in the other elements, it, it just, oh, it makes things so much more fun. It doesn't have yeah. to be dark and heavy. I just, so really it's a really good like point. This morning, <laughs> yeah, this morning I was in a meeting and one of the way that um, we introduced ourselves between a group in New Zealand and a group in Australia was what if, what is the chapter of your life right now, if you could name it? you know, and, um, and so everyone was just thinking about it. And mine was, and you weren't allowed to explain the chapter. You just had to say, what's the chapter Uh, of your life. And so mine was shipwrecks, the tides and new shores. And so just taking time to actually, okay, I'm going to acknowledge the chapter that I'm in right now. I think we get stuck in creative practice because we just keep repeating the same things that we've done over and over what is a simple yeah. creative exercise that you could do to acknowledge what the moment is, but to actually set your sight towards what God has for the next season as well? Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I find it for my own journey too. I've been on that, you know, where I look, you look right here, you look in front and it, it brings a lot of grounding for me, I think, to acknowledge also where I've come from too and the, the highs and the lows. Um, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a great exercise. Um, I love it. I would love to just, as we finish up, I would love to just hear from you, uh, what, what would be your go-to strategy, simple thing even to overcome fear in the moment? You know, when you, you come up against like a fear barrier and maybe it's a new thing or you're stepping out or anything. There's so many fear barriers that we can, you know, encounter. Um, I would just love to hear what your go-to strategy is in that moment. Uh, Cause everybody's a bit different and I think yours would be great. Yeah. I think we are all really different. And one thing that I've learned to do is to play the movie forward and to say, what's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> Yes. Which sounds so silly, yes. but actually, you know, Sunday night at church, I've been speaking in churches for 25 years and I still have to face my fear and really face the fact where it's like, oh my goodness, have I really heard from God? Is this the right step towards what I'm meant to be doing? Yeah. Um, and yeah. honestly, I just asked myself, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? And the worst thing that could happen is that I say the wrong thing or... I make a fool of myself. And then the next question I ask myself is, is Jesus, my friend, still able to sit with me in that place? Amazing. And my answer <laughs> is yes. So good. 
Yes. And I think there's just such a blockage towards thinking that failure is forever and it's not. And I think that's Mm. what keeps us so locked um, into the places that have us facing our past rather than our future. And the greatest gift of failure is actually resilience and learning and growing. And I couldn't do the things that I'm doing today if I hadn't learned the lessons that have happened in the past. So I ask myself, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. And I, I, I allow myself to go, okay, that's the worst thing that could happen for me as I feel super embarrassed. And I'm like, is Jesus, my friend, still there? And I'm like, yeah, he's actually. He always is. And have you in the past had moments of failure where you've experienced that real tangible, you know, friendship? I mean, really, this whole conversation has been about friendship with Holy Spirit and with, you know, the the Godhead, which I love. He is so good. Um, and when you meet that, that you know, alive, close, um, relational God that is so real and so close to you, um, it changes everything. It rewires your brain and failure becomes, you know, not a, not a stop anymore. It's just, you know, a bump in the road or that sounds so cliche, but, um, yeah. Anyway, in your journey, have you, how have you addressed failure? Obviously sitting with Jesus, he's your friend, but head on, what does it feel like and look like or has in the past? I think the greatest misconception as an artist or a creative storyteller is that our worth comes from what we do. And I know as we unpack it, it's like, yeah, I know that, I know that. And I'm like, well, do we really? Do you act like that? Because um, particularly now in a culture that so much is, 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 is at stake and so much of our life is on platforms and in places where you would have a more hidden creative environment where you could produce and learn produce and learn produce and learn produce and learn whereas now so much of it is done in front of audiences and that learning mm-hmm. it comes around so fast it's so consumable so my question would be is really reframe reframing our sense of worth and our identity outside of what we do as an artist and coming back to who we are as a person a human yeah. being So rather than a human doing who is framed by the latest thing that they've produced to really reground ourselves in that beauty was designed for us to encounter God. What we produce is beautiful, but it's not the essence of who we are. And that there's a real dance between God being present and us being a human being and just the space for divine revelation and intentional encounter and that the human imagination is not just for producing things, it's actually to delight in the glory of God and to remind Mm, yourself that if you sat on a beach today and did nothing for the rest of your life, God would love you just as much as if you smash it in the public arena and bring the most profound things that impact a generation. And we focus too much on the doing rather than the being. So good. I feel like you just read my life back to me just then. <laughs> I just 
Oh, so beautiful, Amanda. Thank you. I just, yeah, I would love if you could pray over uh, creative hearts that are listening to this and um, especially about that heart space of being overdoing because it is such a mindset shift to get there and a partnership with the Holy Spirit and that process of yearning and learning and being with him and carving out that secret place time and um yeah I just would love yeah would you just bless us with that I would love that absolutely father god I thank you that you are present right now in this conversation in Mm -hmm. my in my office in Perth Western Australia and in the studio in Queensland lord and in the in the car as people are listening, Father, in the environments that we all walk in together. Holy Spirit, first and foremost, be present with us and show us that you are with us no matter what. Hmm. And Lord, I just pray right now, if there's any picture that we have held of ourselves as a creative artist that is different to what you would want of us, Lord, I pray right now that you would reframe that picture and that way that we understand who we are in Christ. And you would remind us, Lord, of our worth that's far beyond the things that we do or the things that we create or the things that we write or the things that we produce. And Lord God, I pray that you would encounter us right now with such a sense of your presence, Lord, that it would mark us for the coming days, Lord that the things that we produce, Lord, that we would carry them differently, that there would be a delight and a beauty and that our imagination, that we would feel free, Lord God, to just express ourselves from a place where our identity is firmly planted in you and that you would recalibrate us like we've gone to a physio appointment, Lord. And I can just see things that are on our shoulders and our back, Lord, where we've carried stories that are no longer our stories to carry, that there's a recalibration right now, Lord, that you are doing in our hearts and lives that would bring Mm. fresh water and fresh ideas and fresh opportunities for what our culture needs today, Lord, that the driver would be not the doing, Lord, that it would come from our experience and our encounter with the Holy Spirit. And teach Mm. us, God, ways and rhythms to be able to implement that in our everyday. Help us to rest. Help us to listen. Mm. And give us the confidence to face our fears, God, to step in with a new voice and a new courage like never before. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 We receive that, Lord. Thank you so much for your time today, Amanda. It's been such a joy to speak to you and to hear your story and your incredible wisdom. And oh, thank you, Lord, for Amanda's life. (laughs) Such a fragrant aroma to him and to his heart. So be blessed. You too. Thank you so much for what you're bringing and how you're encouraging people. Mm, Thank you. So good. If you have been encouraged by this episode, please DM me with a testimony. I would love to hear. Also, rating the show would really bless my heart. And just FYI, I also sell beautiful, encouraging art prints, phone cases, and products on my shop website, which are designed to help encourage you to grow in love with Jesus in your everyday. So go check them out at SusannaApril.com. Thanks for listening, friends. I'm really blessed by you.